Hello and welcome to Her Ambitious Career, the success podcast for corporate women who want more from their lives and careers. Each week, we share career and leadership strategies to help you set stretching goals, own your value, build visibility and credibility, gain recognition, get paid and confidently take your career to that next level. Whatever your ambition, let's do this thing. Now, here's your host and career success expert, Rebecca Allen. And welcome on in. Here we are. My name is Rebecca Allen and I'm a career success coach for corporate women who really want to get ahead in their careers, who are tired of settling for mediocre opportunities and who just want more. They deserve more. They're ready for more and they know that they are not achieving their potential. Welcome on in. I'm delighted to be here. So today I'm talking about the barriers. What are the actual barriers that are happening these days in the 21st century still for a lot of women out there in their careers? And I want to caveat this right from the get-go by sharing this idea that there are actually plenty of women out there who are living careers that are fulfilling them, that are absolutely giving them their best opportunities, that are rewarding them on merit, that are giving them opportunities based on their skills, their strengths, and all of the things that we talk about in career coaching and career development. There are plenty companies out there who understand the issues of bias, for example, And they are doing their utmost to make changes within their companies. These things are not going to happen overnight. These are big shifts, big attitudinal shifts that have to happen that have been ingrained for many years. And there are companies that are thriving as a result of their inclusion policies and their desire to bring greater diversity into the workplace, whether that's women or otherwise, but actually really living and breathing what they're talking about. So I want to caveat this episode right up front with there is a lot of success happening out there already. And I come across all sorts of examples of this all the time. And I really want to iterate that, you know, this is not the norm in every single organization. This is not the norm for all women. Some women are absolutely out there thriving, living their best lives and careers, working in situations that are playing to their strengths and giving them great opportunities. But what if you're not feeling like that? What if you're feeling unrecognized? What if you're feeling invisible? What if you're feeling like your value is not being valued essentially by your company? What then? And the question I want to pose to you today is why is it so hard for so many talented, intelligent women to get ahead professionally with women of color even more disproportionately impacted? Perhaps let's look first at the macro level. I want to talk about the macro level and I want to drill down and let's talk about the micro level, which comes down to you as an individual. But let's first talk about that macro level. Perhaps the reason why so many talented, intelligent women are not getting ahead professionally is because too many of our corporate institutions were originally designed by white middle-class men to benefit white middle-class men. And they haven't had significant cultural overhauls yet. We're still waiting for some of these companies to wake up, smell the coffee, and realize that diversity and inclusion is the most important um, tool in your arsenal to make your company more competitive that diversity of thinking, that diversity of experience, that diversity of problem solving. This is so, so important. And so there are so many companies still that haven't caught up with that. 
Perhaps, too, the reason why women are held back is because too many of these corporate cultures still have massive female leadership up under representation. In Australia, for example, we still only have 5% of Australian companies led by female CEOs. It's a minuscule number. It's a minuscule amount of people at that decision-making table who are offering different perspectives on how things should be done. Perhaps women are held back because of the combination of common work inflexibility for all genders, not just for women, the fact that women are still paid less than men and childcare is both sparse and expensive. And that means that too often women remain the primary carer and their careers are still taking a hit as a result. And perhaps also at this macro level, there are just not enough men who are consciously aware just how stacked against women the system actually is. Because, of course, they see the world through their own filter. That's not their fault. It's the way that they're designed. It's the way we're designed as women, too. We look at things through our own perspective and through our own experience. And look, women have been banging this equity drum for absolutely decades. And Why aren't men doing it too when especially having their partners at work, for example, would directly benefit them too, especially when having that diverse thinking in their teams would make them more effective, especially when bringing women into your recruitment process, you're actually broadening your scope and your opportunities to recruit more candidates. Women talking to other women about our challenges is just us talking to the converted, right? It's no value really talking to other women. We already know that there's an issue. And for change to happen, men really need to lead that conversation. It needs a swell of male support, a swell of male career sponsorship of women. It's a solution that men need to be actively part of. So why else is it so hard for so many talented, intelligent women to get ahead professionally? So here's an interesting thing, because we've gone through these different guises of advice for women over the years. And there was this huge process in the 80s where we were told to, you know, man up quite literally, wear the shoulder pads, behave more like a man, and you'll get ahead at work. Then we had the whole lean in movement, which was all around just lean in and sort of say your case and be more assertive. But the reality is, is if your culture is not welcoming that in, then that's just not going to be good enough. So let's talk about this as a concept. Why else are so many talented women being overlooked? Perhaps, interestingly, it's because so many women are told to assert themselves, be more assertive. But when they do that, they're labeled difficult. They're labeled aggressive. They're labeled emotional. It's a double bind that we women are in. You're told to step it up. You're told to be more assertive. And, you know, but now you're bordering on aggressive and we don't want that either. Perhaps it's because sometimes... Potential career opportunities are not even made available to women and those roles are handed directly to mates, often male. And that happens. I hear clients say that to me, that a job was not even advertised. And then lo and behold, suddenly a male peer is promoted into that position. Perhaps, here's another one, it's because some women who do get promoted to positions of power have been so burnt on their path to that top position that ironically, they actually block other women from elevation to protect their own position. I know of many women who have been blocked by other women in terms of their career progression. I don't know if that's happened to you, but it does happen. It is an issue. It is a thing. So why else is it? We're going to get to this micro level now. Perhaps it's because after decades of persistent discrimination, women have begun to internalize that discrimination. I talk about this a lot. 
perhaps we've started to believe the discrimination. Perhaps we've started to believe that we really are inadequate. When perhaps, as all the data tells us, women are absolutely not. Perhaps it's actually because some women do genuinely doubt themselves and their ability. Perhaps it's because women are held to different standards and expectations. And it's simply too exhausting for so many women to keep their heads above water, let alone deliver massive significance and impact at work. These are all real obstacles that many women in certain corporate environments are still facing. We women in the 21st century still have this inequitable bias problem, sexism, favoritism, and even ageism to deal with. It's a disproportionate bias that happens to women too. And let's face it, all we want to do is go to work, do a great job, and be rewarded appropriately for that input. That's it, right? That's actually it. It can't be so complex, surely. Only it is. And we are faced with some very real barriers that we are still having to talk about. We are still having to beat this drum. We are still having to raise the challenges. But what do you choose to do about that? Because I've had lots of conversations, sometimes really heated with women out there who just say to me, but it's just not fair, Rebecca. It's not, it's not balanced. It's not equitable. But what do you decide to do about that? Do you decide to be angry about that? Do you decide to collapse? Do you decide to be a victim of those circumstances? Do you choose to feel overwhelmed and is it there's just nothing you can do? The reality is whatever the circumstance is, you always have choice, even if it feels like you don't. If there's one thing that I have seen through my coaching is that the women who thrive professionally are those who actually refuse to take a backseat. And by that, I just want to stress, I don't mean they just work harder and hope that by working really, really hard, they're going to suddenly get noticed. That's not what I mean. I mean that they start to consciously acknowledge all of these potential barriers, but they refuse to be victim to them. They refuse to allow them to stop them from doing what they want to do. They refuse to accept that their own career path and their own success is going to be hindered by these barriers. Some have to recognize, of course, that perhaps their boss is toxic. They have to recognize perhaps that the culture that they're operating in is toxic. It's failing to recognize their value. And so often they will interview elsewhere and they will leave those environments. There is no value in staying in a culture that undermines you, that tells you that you're not valuable because that is going to consistently impact your esteem. And once you start getting into that sort of spiral, that is when you feel stuck and that's where you fall into that victim space. Some of these women actively seek out progressive sponsors who will advocate for them. That doesn't necessarily mean to be your boss. It doesn't have to be your boss. If you've got a toxic boss, for example, look elsewhere for those sponsors some of these women build their profiles to such an extent, either internally or externally, that their company simply can't ignore them any longer. They become too big. Their profile almost becomes too big. Some choose to stop working harder, hoping it will result in that recognition, and suddenly become more strategic in driving for roles that are better aligned with their strengths and value. Some decide they're just better than this and they see that they're worth so much more and then start asking unapologetically for the promotions and the pay rises they deserve. There is always some scope 
for change that you can actually impact. And I think we get stuck in this rut of saying, well, it's out of my control. It's too big a challenge. But actually, there's always something in there that you control. There's always something in there that you have some choice over. And I think it's a question of you deciding how much of this is okay to put up with, how much of this is really hindering my progress in my career, how much of this do I really, really want to put up with any longer, how much of this do I want to settle with. Because I think settling in a role that is just okay, settling in a role where you're feeling undermined regularly, settling for a role where you just don't feel like you're able to give your absolute best and share your absolute value with the world is so demoralizing. And if you really want to step it up and decide that you want better and you deserve better, then that's 100% in your control. So this is a massive, massive, uh, complex issue. It's not going to be solved in a 20-minute podcast episode. But I really wanted just to start us thinking about what the barriers are, acknowledging what the barriers are, but saying to ourselves, okay, that's what I'm dealing with, but what do I want to do about that? Am I going to allow that that's going to be my status quo? Am I going to allow that that's going to be the way, the path for me? Or am I going to choose to look at this differently? Now, look, if career coaching and understanding how to raise your executive profile is something you're interested in, that's exactly the kind of work that we help our clients deliver. We are absolute specialists in working with corporate women who really want to take their career to the next level, who are ambitious, who want to drive change and who want to be part of the decision making and who are ready right now to take their career to that next level. If that's you, I would love to have a chat with you. The first thing you could do actually is to grab hold of one of our resources. It's called the seven habits of female execs who get promoted. It's a fabulous download. There are lots of strategies in there to help you get promoted. And you can get that by going to rebeccasfreegift.com. You can also go to our blog and have a read of our blog. You can go to illuminategrowth.com.au forward slash blog. <laughs> and there is heaps of information in there. There are also free resources on our website. So go and check it out and find out, um, you know, more about career coaching, more about the work that we do, more about the results that we help our clients achieve. Because it doesn't matter whether you're in a management position or you're gunning for a C-level position. We have worked with everybody. We have worked with clients from all sorts of different industries too, from finance, to um, accounting, to consultancy, to research, to academia, to education, to energy sectors. We've worked with so many different groups of women and individual women too. And I would absolutely love to support you in achieving your own career ambitions this year. Have these conversations with your friends. Have these conversations with male colleagues because, like I say, some people are not consciously aware of the actual genuine barriers because if they are not having the same experience as you, they can't necessarily truly understand it. So the more that you talk about these issues and you share these challenges with your male colleagues, the more they might understand the barriers. And it's not about whinging. It's not about whining. It's about sharing the facts and sharing the common challenges that so many women are having. So I hope that's really stimulated some thought. I hope it's given you some tools to have those conversations. And I would absolutely welcome any thoughts and comments that you have on this topic and any other topics that we talk about in our podcast. You can actually email us through the show. Just go to podcast 
at illuminategrowth.com.au and you'll be able to email us directly and I'd love to hear from you. So do drop us a line and I will see you next week. 